What's up, everyone? Today's episode of America's Hometown Horror is brought to you again by our friends at Shine Through Window Cleaning. Hey, Andrew, let me ask you a question. If you were going to get your windows cleaned, would you go to some national bunch of shithead company, or would you go to a local company that supports the South Shore and Cape Cod? Well, would you go to Applebee's, or would you go to the Tasty for dinner? Well, I think that's an easy answer. Kat, what about you? I would go to the Tasty for dinner over Applebee's. I don't even know where there is an Apple. Is, where is there an Applebee's? There's nowhere anywhere near here. There's I, a reason I, for that. And there's a reason why there's only one shine I don't think I've ever been through. to an Applebee's. You could also say a Chili's or a... TGI uh, Fridays. I, don't, I didn't mean it like that, but yeah, yeah. I love the taste. Well, yes, same idea, course. right? So sure. obviously, you know, if you're in a local community, you want local people to support... Uh, to, to, you want to support local people and you want to have them do work on your home for you, which is what Shine Through Window Cleaning is. They're a family-owned and operated company proudly serving Plymouth and the surrounded area. Here at Shine Through, we treat your home or business like we would treat our own and believe in building our reputation on every job we do. Get in touch with us today to discuss your window cleaning, gutter cleaning, and power washing needs at 781-812-9189. That's 781-812-9189 or at shinethroughinc.net. That's shine, T-H-R-U, window cleaning. Shine through window cleaning. Happy New Year! What's up, guys? How are we feeling tonight? Feeling good as ever. A lot better than the other night, so that's a plus. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Welcome into episode No one asked three. you, though, Mike. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel look a little rejected. Gorgeous. Wow. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Maybe we might post a couple of pics of the recording session tonight. But, I think we uh, should, because you've never looked more studly in all your life. <laughs> Super dapper. Well... Thank you, Andrew. Uh, I am feeling great tonight because we're here to talk about another movie that I really enjoy amongst a couple of other things. Uh, And it's 2020, you guys. And I'd like to point out that when we thought about this uh, back at the end of November, I think it was around Black Friday when we went out, we were talking about this a little bit more seriously. Our goal was to get this podcast up and running by 2020, January of 2020. And here we are. Uh, on January 3rd, that's when we're recording this, uh, we are on episode 3. We've done a couple. Uh, we've tried to get our legs underneath us as much as we can. We're still learning throughout this whole process, but I think, you know, all things considered, you know, we're doing we're doing pretty goddamn all right. I'd say so. I think when we were had that idea, we were thinking, you know, it'd be great to get started by 2020, but hindsight's 2020, so... We must have really good foresight and not very good hindsight, if that makes any sense. A lot of sights. A lot of rambling. Lots of sights. Yeah, I just know, when I think of, of 2020, I think of how bad my eyesight is. You don't think of the 400th like, year of Plymouth? No, I think about I think 2020 is perfect eyesight, and I feel like I can't even walk without my glasses or contacts in. You and me So both. it's kind of depressing. I prefer like 2010, 2005. <laughs> it's a little more on my level. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've switched glasses. We have. We're pretty. We're both pretty blind. Not as blind as me. You're pretty close. Ah! You're about as close as I found. Yeah. So I will give you props to that. All right. We'll thanks. see who is blind first, though, legally. 
blind. Legally blind? Well, I don't know. It's a race know. to being legally blind. We won't get into all that. No? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you're both in a race against time on that one. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> Who's going blind my, It's a race that uh, I'm losing. My, my, vision, my vision is pretty good, I, I'm sorry to say. I, you know. Actually, I'm not sorry that I don't fit into this club. Um, I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah, you don't well, get to you don't get to comment. Like, you don't you don't. I have associate. no contacts, no glasses. Yeah, no. You I'm, don't even get to wear hipster glasses. I, I mean, know. That's well, not that I would anyway, but I mean, you, yeah, I feel like if you know anyone that wears glasses with no lenses or you know they're fake or whatever, just you know, douche. Show it to Craig. Douche chills. Stop. He did that before. He wore those what? into a customer's no. house for what? shine through window no. cleaning. Stop it! Oh, you mean like the ones that look like Oakley sunglasses that are meant to be protective eyewear? No, Not I mean glasses. I mean the uh, framed, the frames with no lenses in them. Craig wore them in as if he was, you know, Russell Westbrook doing an interview after their basketball game for the Thunder. He looked pretty good, though. I will say. It never was a good fashion I, statement. I never thought I'd hear Russell Westbrook, Russell ugh, Russell Westbrook and Craig in the same sentence. <laughs> Both very good looking men. Just I wouldn't consider them similar. One's just actually good at something, unlike the other. <laughs> shout very out to Craig Keller. Yeah, shout out to Craig. We do a lot of shout outs in this podcast, so shout out to our buddy Craig. You know who you are, pal. Yeah, Craig. Hey, so before we get into uh, today's topic, we want to run through a couple of quick items that popped up on our radar this week. The first of which being a trailer that we just watched, which is, uh, at the time of you guys listening, this will be available to you uh, on Netflix from BBC. And that, of course, is the new Dracula series. Uh, For me... I read Dracula in high school a long, long time ago, and, and it is admittedly a tough read. It's an epistolary novel where it's all told via uh, journal entries and newsletters. It's not told from a straightforward story perspective. So at the time when I read it, it's very difficult to understand. So my knowledge of Dracula is from the classic movies, the Bela Lugosi movie, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula movie that came out in the early 90s with Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder, and then also all the modern retellings of Dracula that have come out, that have come out over the last few years. I'm surprised, Michael. Yeah. Eh. You didn't mention um, the greatest Dracula movie ever made. Which one? Dracula Dead and Loving It. Gotta love Leslie Nielsen. I mean, I, I, how dare I not mention that? <laughs> <laughs> My god, man, there's eating bugs what's, straight um, to the ground. What's a epistuary? Is that what you said? I was going to ask, but what I didn't want to sound stupid. So. Oh, oh, thank you. Episcopal, <laughs> episcopalian. Uh, uh, so it just, it just means it's a story <laughs> written through the form of letters to someone. Like uh-huh. eight, each chapter is a letter written from one person to somebody else. Or uh, written in the form of like an article where you're reading about Dear the story. Dear lover. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So you're almost kind of reading about the story from like a secondhand perspective than somebody straight up narrating the story to you from the first or third person perspective. Sorry. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting way to do it. Interesting from the English major. Uh, yeah. Nice vocabulary. And yeah, we're, we're going to have a lot of uh, English major mm. bullshit tonight, so strap on, strap on, folks, mm. and get ready yes. for a fucking strap ride, on. right? Bring your pillows. But I will say, uh, this looks great because I think it's a straight-up adaptation of the original story. It looks awesome. Andrew, looks... what did you think? Three letters sold it for me. Mm-hmm. B to the B to the C. BBC, they know how to make shows. 
I mean, it was the same. It was the same. I was producers gonna, you, of you literally, Sherlock. There was there was a moment where we yeah. both looked at each other and we were like, "Okay, I'm sold." And that was when it said from the producers. Oh yeah, of Sherlock. we both had a full on erection the at the same thing. time. Yeah. It, so did you? I'm, I apologize. Yeah, I mean, I'm here. Hello, hi. I just didn't see. I'm contributing in the podcast. I, I know you. You always contribute, uh, but I was looking at Andrew when when we saw that, and I wasn't looking at you so when he got his boner. He was looking. Looking. I, I look at you <laughs> the majority of the other time. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, we've all watched Sherlock. It's great. Benedict Cumberbatch is oh, awesome. Man. Martin Freeman is awesome. Everyone in it is great. great. And it's the same people that did this series. Uh, and as of the time that you're listening to this, it will be available on Netflix. I think it's four or five episodes. It won't be any more than eight because BBC keeps it short. And I think that this looks awesome. And it's definitely worth checking out. I know that we will probably talk about it on our next episode, right? Oh, for sure. I have well, no doubt just, in my mind that this will be an amazing show. Just based on that it's the same guy from Sherlock, I mean... <laughs> Pretty promising. Uh, same produ- yeah. The guy they have playing Dracula, he looks awesome, by the way. I uh, just want to throw that out there. He looks like he's he very good at awesome, sucking on like necks. sexy. Mm. Like, yeah, he's good at necking. Yeah. So, oh, okay, so, good at necking. Oh, so, boy. So, um, <laughs> they may is, have a channel on that uh, Brazzers network for necking, but I'm not sure. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Well, so, you know, Kat, you kind of just mentioned it, but I feel like one of the aspects that you have to have for a traditional Dracula, he has to be kind of good looking, kind of sexy, right? Um, he, has to with, he has to draw I people in. I don't think I've ever seen a Dracula that I considered sexy, ever. So like, if there was like a Brad Pitt? A Brad no. Pitt, or a, oh yeah, he was a, well, he was a vampire no, I was in like, Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, but he didn't play Dracula. I mean, Same right. difference. So Brad if you had like a Pitt? Colin Farrell or like if Colin a... Colin Farrell was a vampire, that'd be Would he be awesome. wearing a beanie? Why would he wear a beanie? Because he's a douchebag. <laughs> Wait, Colin Farrell, the douchebag, vampire with a beanie. <laughs> like, that's... I mean, he was good in That would be a hipster um, version of Dracula I mean... for the record books. Colin Farrell playing a hipster douche Dracula wearing a beanie and <laughs> drinking... He would be sucking the Pe- neck Peppermint of mocha lattes I... and oh, asking for avocado no. toast. I don't... Don't talk about him like that. I don't like to think of him like that. So unfortunately, uh, this Dracula is not Colin Farrell, but you should definitely check it out anyway. All right, next topic. Uh, We're going to talk really quickly about the new trailer that dropped this week for A Quiet Place 2. I have my thoughts on A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. I'm going to start off with you, Catherine. Really? Is that because you know I like that movie? Really? I know it's <laughs> one of your uh, favorite movies from 2018. I think it came out in 2018 oh. or 2019. But 20... it's funny because, like, I don't really consider it horror. I think of it more as, like, a thriller. I mean, it is horror in some Suspense. sense. But, like, it's, oh, my God, you're at the edge of your seat the entire time. That was how I felt when I watched it the first time. And then I saw the trailer for the second one, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. So now it's kind of the same sense, but it must be in a different town. Like, it's a different <clears throat> scenario. Well, no. It's, it's, I think from the trailer, they're clearly trying to make it look like it's, it has flashbacks about the beginning of when the invasion happened. And right. also what happens after the events of the first movie. Right. Right? Yeah. So, um, you, you love this movie, right? I do. Yeah. I thought it was really great. I mean, I, I... At the end of it, I was just like, oh my god, that movie was nuts, because I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, like, just, you know, my anxiety level was through the roof, like, Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that this family could, like, get through this whole scenario, and I think the next one shows serious potential of being just as good as the first one. Okay. Andy, what did you think of A Quiet Place? It's a good movie. I liked it. Um, I, I... 
was surprised that they made another one of them because I thought the first one was so good. But then when I saw the trailer and I saw who's starring in that movie, a one um, Killian Murphy, mm-hmm. some would say Cillian. Mm-hmm. Those who aren't from an Irish background. Exactly. Who um, I think is a very underrated actor. I don't know if he's really underrated or if I'm just saying that. Um, I also think that he had one of the greatest performance ever as a villain in a Batman movie. And mm-hmm. it gets overlooked all the time because of the Joker in the second The Dark Knight. But him as the Scarecrow was phenomenal. He was amazing in that role. And he's been he's been in uh, Inception. He was very good in Inception. He was good in Inception. He was also in... Uh, 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later, which was main character one of his like, first main roles, I feel I, like. I think so. He was probably big in Ireland and the UK before that, but I mean, that was... He was also in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, he's the main character yep. in Peaky. Yep. So he's just a very good actor, and nothing against John Krasinski, Boston boy, but <clears throat> I mean, you you can't compare the two as actors. One was in The Office and one's been in real movies that he didn't direct, so... Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Here's what I'll say to about be fair. this. To be fair. To be fair. So, uh, <laughs> A Quiet Place, when I first saw it, I saw it in theaters by myself. And I was in a theater with a bunch of people, and it was a very unique theater experience because it was so quiet the entire time, and it didn't have assholes sitting behind me, talking on their cell phones or whatever, like, you know. <laughs> Clearly whatever. you didn't bring cats in that movie. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. That's why you said he saw it by himself. That's why it was so quiet. In, in my defense, she was working, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if you ha- would have an interest in seeing no, it. No, so I think I you saw were off, it. like, during a day. And I, I, I was. I had a random day even. off, and I went to go see it because everybody was talking about it. And this came out at the beginning of 2018. It was, like, a January or February release. It you know wasn't it, it was kind of hyped because it was directed by John Krasinski, but it wasn't huge. So I saw it, and it was probably the most unique theater experience I've ever had because everyone shut the fuck up, and seventy five percent of the movie there was no noise at all. It was quiet. Quiet. Huh? It was a quiet place, was, if you will. Yeah, which is how it should be. Yes. And when I first saw it, I thought it was great. I walked out of there, I was like, wow, that was really cool. It was an interesting experience. You know, I think seeing it in the theater kind of brought it to that next level. And I watched it a second time with Kat. And the second time, I was like, okay, this is still pretty good. I had it lose that great label. It was still very good. There were some plot holes. I thought the monsters were cool, which for me, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a big fan of monsters. Don't they kind of remind you of the monsters from Godzilla? A little bit. Yeah, almost a, not a ripoff, but they look very similar. They look like similar to some of the kaiju that were in the Godzilla 2014 remake, the one with Brian yes, Cranston. Some, on a smaller scale, obviously. But I thought they were interesting. I thought the movie was good. I thought it had a perfect ending, and I did not see the need for a sequel. So when I heard they were making one, I immediately thought, like, this is just Hollywood you know, oh. bending to the pressure of people that want to make more money and see a sequel. I didn't see any need for it. Having seen the trailer, I still kind of feel that way, although some of the scenes in the trailer I thought looked pretty cool. I, I totally disagree with you because I feel like I almost am excited that they came out with the second one. Like, I didn't think the way that the first one ended that there would be a second one, but, like, I actually enjoy the fact that they're coming out with the I mean, second one because I'm well, excited to see it. Like, by, the, by the way, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place, skip ahead 30 seconds here. 
I just thought the ending of it with John Krasinski dying, it was very emotional. Uh, it was a little dusty in the room at the time. I might have uh, I might have felt a little dust in my eye at oh. the end when he actually died. I thought that was very moving and sad. I just didn't see the need for them to redo something else. I thought it was a perfect ending. Like, some movies don't need sequels. So, I know they try and turn everything into a franchise or multiple movies at this point. But it didn't really end. It like, did. I mean... It, not really. It's kind of like The Walking Dead in a sense. It's like the same type of horror as The Walking Dead. Well, see, therein lies the problem, though. How much longer... I mean... I know. Andrew, I know you're not, you haven't watched it, but, or you might have watched it at a point, but how long have we been watching The Walking we Dead now? We've been watching it for a really, way too long. A really, I'm not really ten, long time. ten seasons. Uh, well, and Zombies I, are tied. I wasn't either. So our bet, actually, when I first started walking, watching The Walking Dead was I would watch The Walking Dead if Mike would start watching Game of Thrones. That was our. To and fro. I thought I it was, was Lost. Like, we're, no, it was Lost, wasn't was it? it? Were we doing Lost at that oh, point? Shit. Maybe That's it was how long lost we've been together. I had never seen Lost, and you said to me, you I will watch, I will watch the like first. Times, because yeah. when, when we started this, season one of The Walking Dead was over, and we were halfway through season two, and I said, if you catch, if you binge all of Walking Dead with me, I will watch all, you know, fucking lost. 17 maybe seasons. Maybe it was. Of no, lost. so what was, it was what was the Game of Thrones bet? Because you were super against Game of Thrones before you started watching uh, it. It was something else. I forgot. I think watched. it was The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's one I of the think... biggest regrets of my life is that I was so against Game of Thrones at the beginning and I, I couldn't have been more of a hypocrite because. Now you're like the biggest Game Yeah, I'm the biggest Game of Thrones ever. fucking fan on earth. So Can we step back mm-hmm. a few notes? Yes. Because just an interesting side topic Mike brought to my attention. He said he got a little bit. Misty-eyed yeah. at a quiet place too. Two movies you've cried at. Doesn't have to be horror. Obviously, it probably won't be a horror movie. But I'm just curious. Just see where your mind's at. Easy. Yep. Forrest Gump. Every time gets me. And Big Fish. Yeah. Every, every time gets me. <laughs> All right. Me. Which Big Fish? It's so funny because Big Fish is like my favorite movie, and I make him watch it with me. I don't like to watch it. <laughs> I, we're not. We're not going to get love, in depth on this. I, I don't want to get in no, depth no, no, because I'm I just want to hear. I love Big Fish. So Big Fish made you um, cry. Big Fish makes me cry, and then, oh, God, uh, what else makes me cry? I mean, I'm not a big crier for movies. I mean, it's... You've cried at movies, notebook. though, so what's the other one? No, I've never actually seen The Notebook. No, I've mm. never seen The Notebook, thank fucking Christ. That's Sorry. a sad statement, because... Why is that a sad that's statement? That's an awesome movie. I don't feel like... I I, I, I mean, I don't know, because I know, haven't seen it, so You want to talk I, about hard-ons, I don't get a bigger hard-on for, than for Ryan Gosling. That's uh, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I, All right, if okay. I were... All right, yep. Yeah. Well, Mr. Hard-on, yes. what are your two crying movies? Field of Dreams. Okay. When he plays Fair. catch with his dad. At yeah, the end that's 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 tough. Heart wrenching. And then, uh, interesting enough, Interstellar, which neither of you have seen, but oh god, it's here. We I go. don't know. It gets very emotional, and at the end, for me, I don't know. It just it just something about the movie in general, the the score. Like I said, we're not going to get yeah. into the details no. on it. It just hit a note with me where Do you need it a got Kleenex? me. It's not like okay? I'm not sobbing during I don't this. Have it's Kleenex, just a. But I have a piece of paper. It's just a, a tear. A tear. May fall from One thy single eye. Single tear. Single <laughs> tear. Okay. But back to why they should do uh, a second Quiet Place. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, can you ever get too much of Emily Blunt? For love of God. Well, I mean, aside from that. Okay, so stop. why else? Why else besides the fact that Emily Blunt is hot should we see another Quiet Place? Because why not? They do. <laughs> this is just what they do. 
Dude, the but movie that, was, does, had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Does that mean we need that? Does that right. okay. well, I mean, why in the same sense, the okay, one? just because a movie has you on the edge of your seat the entire time, does that mean why that not? Why not there just, should be a sequel not? every because time? Because what's the worst I mean, thing to happen? It means that it really caught my attention. It could attention ruin the legacy of the really movie. I really liked it. Oh, but does, it that, does it really ruin the legacy of the movie to you, though? If the first one is so good and the second one smells... You still like the first one. It doesn't ruin that first one. It just makes you go, man, that other one sucked. You don't so, think about it. I don't think it ruins the legacy of the movie for people that see the movie after the fact. Like for us, for instance, if we were to, obviously because we're horror fans, if we see, you know, we saw A Quiet Place, if we see A Quiet Place 2 in theaters and it's fucking terrible, and then, you know, it, it could kind of taint the reputation of the original movie. And then, who knows, maybe they try and do a third one and, and that could suck even worse. So I just think, you know, I, I love sequels. I loved It Chapter 2. Not a lot of people did. I know that most, uh, at that least two sh- of the three of us enjoyed it quite a, sequel, a bit. Though. Of course it did. But for a lot of people, there, and I don't agree with this, a lot of people were saying that It Chapter 2 ruined the first part of it. And I don't agree with that. I think that It Chapter 2 was a huge swing for an awesome blockbuster-style horror movie. Are you talking which, about It Chapter 2 as in the remake of the original? I'm it? talking about the, the one that we saw... In September, the three so, of us together. Yeah, not the TV in addition series. to the first one that was the remake. So it, Correct. And then it, okay, the two, so not, the two yes, movies that okay. have come out recently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Movies. Right. Movies. Yes. Correct. Movies. Movies, yeah. yes. So I just, I don't know. It's just my opinion. You can disagree. You can tell me I'm an asshole, whatever. If you, th- if you think I'm an asshole or if you think I'm great. If you I think really I'm, feel like someone would call you an asshole on the. Well, I don't think a quiet place I mean, has a legacy. So hey, the the, the internet is a scary place. <laughs> that's a good point. Hey, if, if you do, if you do have feedback about the show, a couple different ways you can get in touch with us. Just so you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we have Gmail. Uh, we are getting on more and more platforms uh, by the day. Believe you, it or not, some people like us. I know. Oh, yeah. Few, it's kind of unbelievable some. to me. But uh, you can find us on Instagram, at Hometown Horror Pod. You can find us on Twitter, at Hometown Horror. We are soon to have a website. And you can subscribe to us on Spotify, CastBox, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, Deezer, and a couple of other platforms. And we are still waiting on verification from uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. So we are soon to be on all different types of platforms that you guys listen to. So you can hear from us in all different ways. All right. We're going to haunt you in every way. We are going to haunt you way. in every way possible. You, you, will, you will not be able <laughs> to escape from us. Last topic we wanted to cover before we get into uh, the movie of the day. The movie du jour. Which is the movie of the day. Wow. Ooh, that, that sounds, sounds good. good. That's so creative, yeah. I love it. With the, uh, the if, <laughs> We're now in 2020 with the end of the decade, uh, a couple of days in our past. There's, you've seen probably a lot of lists about uh, top movies of 2019, top movies of the 2010s. So we wanted to give you a little bit about our favorite movies of the last decade. Uh, we each have our top three, along with a couple of honorable mentions. These would be horror movies, correct? Horror movies. Thank you. That's well, correct. Well, I mean, what are we really talking about here? Just to clarify, about. you never yeah. know. No, hey, hey, you know, hey. I mean, we can talk It could talk be about top rom- three Disney rom-coms? movies. Disney movies? Like Disney horror movies? No. No. Just Disney movies in general. I well, think I mean, that. what's the name of the podcast? It's called. <laughs> no one even heard what you just said, so we're gonna uh, ignore that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we can just nix that out since it would be an All right, embarrassment. So who, wants, who wants to start? Who wants to start out with their top three horror movies of the last decade? And feel free to give a couple honorable mentions if you'd like to. Andrew, I think you uh, have your notes up. Why don't you go first? Is this? 
piece of paper with scribbles on it, my notes. Uh, if that is the case, then yes, I do have my notes up. Get, that's my pen, cat. You have a pen, actually. It's a Sharpie sh- with a beer on it. And you're standing anxiously. You, you know, can you sit down for like five minutes maybe? Um, so this was tormenting. I it's my, If you ask me five days from now, my list would change every time because I'm Why? just very yeah. fickle. And you know what, hey, this is, this is it it's, depends, a, it's a sliding scale. It's a sliding never, scale, right? So as of right now. The more fresh it is in my mind, then the better it's going to be. So Actually, um, hold on. Let me stop you. I apologize. Stopping. Put a pin in that. Because we also talked about this when we were just out earlier, okay? Why don't we all start with our biggest letdown of the last decade? Do we want to ooh, announce ooh, it that on was my idea. three? Or do we have different options? You can ooh. go first. Why uh, don't we no, all go I think we should announce it on the count of three. Well, I don't know if I have the same. Oh, it's you don't know if you have the same one? So I actually want to hear um, we can, Mike's. We- we can we can do it at the count of three because all I think I think the uh, fact that all three of us hated this movie is pretty important. So three, and two, and one. Midsummer, so smelly. That movie sucked. That movie. And I don't care what anyone tells me. It was original. It wasn't original. Um, we've all seen The Wicker Man, and it's as bad as that. that I movie feel like sucked. it was just such. It was so a drawn letdown. out, and it was so predictable. It was just. I mean, you had hereditary. And then Midsommar. Well, you just went in there with such high expectations. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, be something different and good. And, and everyone's like, yeah. it's so new, unique. No. Not it really. Sucked. It's it kind sucked. of terrible and awful and it nobody wanted awful. to see that. And the ending of that movie made... I've never laughed harder in a movie that wasn't a comedy than I did at the end of that movie. It was just... Yeah. I don't know if I laughed, If you haven't seen but... that movie, you should watch it for the comedic value of it. You okay. gotta see it. If you're if you're a horror fan and you're listening to this podcast, you obviously know who Robert Eggers is. That uh, movie's new enough or where we shouldn't excuse spoil me, it. Excuse me, that, that's, that's the wrong director. Ari Aster. That's the director of that movie. He also directed Hereditary, which I loved. I loved that movie. And uh, when I went in to go see Midsommar, we all saw it, uh, along with your brother, Andrew... And oh my god, we were about halfway into it, and we were all just looking at each other like, "What the <laughs> fuck?" The entire why audience was laughing, going, which is yes. why I'm confused at where these good reviews come for this right. movie. Are they just it's artsy fartsy sucking that's on why. the artsy fartsy? Because yeah. like you can be artsy fartsy like The Witch, and that's a good movie. People Dark. suck the dick of all the just... a, the A24 movies now. Yeah. I mean, I understand it because they've released some gems in the last couple of years, but this was not one of them in my opinion. And I just. I mean, was that, that movie even artsy fartsy though? Yes. I think oh, it was. Yes. No, I think it was generic. Oh, that, yeah. That was. movie was on the level of the Green Inferno, which isn't even a good movie. But it might as well have been the same thing. Oh, it was so I, see, basic. I don't think so. The acting was basic. It was a very basic bitch movie. No offense to basic bitches <laughs> that like you know pumpkin lattes. Just saying. Sure. I like pumpkin lattes. Yeah, because you're a basic bitch. And peppermint mocha lattes too in the winter. Well, let me let me put it this way. I thought the movie started out incredibly strong. The first 20 minutes, okay, before they go to Sweden, when you see what happens to the main girl's family, that was fucked up, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm interested. And then from whenever they got out there into the, you know, the Swedish countryside or wherever they were, the Nordic countryside, and all this, you know, I was just, I was underwhelmed. Uh, it was incredibly violent. Uh, probably a couple of the most disgusting scenes I've seen in a movie this year, or in 2019, excuse me, were in that movie. 
uh, with the cliff jumping scene. And, so are you, um, are you yeah. changing teams here, saying that you actually like that movie? No. Sounds, sounds, like, sounds you like you like that it. movie. I think you're giving no. that movie. No. Um, He's just afraid to be as no. critical as he wants no, no, no. to. You're talking about a no, lot no, no, no. of positive things No, no, no. Here. No, no, no. I, I was more... I, I hated it, okay? But I was dis- I was disappointed because I thought it had a lot of potential and it mm. failed to live up to that potential. Is, is, I mean, is that acceptable to I you? I don't really know, though, based on what you just said. Okay. Sounds like you were sticking up for it. I understand, no, I understand what he's saying. All those movies have potential at that point. But that's what, like, it just... It's so... You kind of know what's going to happen to an extent with those type of movies, right? Well, like you said, culty. It, you want to see a movie about cults? Watch Apostle. That movie's fucking phenomenal. That movie was on awesome. Netflix and uh, blows Midsummer, Midsummer, Mid whatever you want to call it, out of the fucking water. That movie's so much better than that boring basic movie. Mm. Fuck that movie and anyone that. Well, likes I, it. I think you said it perfectly wow. because if you've seen The right. Wicker Man, you've, mm. you've seen Midsummer. It's yeah. it's. Essentially the same movie, and except it, with a very little... awkward sex scene at the end of it. Yeah, that was sure. super, yeah, super was fucking weird. Morbid. All right, so I also had down for uh, a very disappointing horror movie. A, a letdown, real quick, was Mother by Darren Aronofsky. See, I love that fucking. Movie. I know. Yeah, See, I'm I mean, just not a fan. I... What didn't you like about that movie? Um... Thought it was too pretentious. Uh, I thought it was fucking stupid. Another movie just like this that was very pretentious I, that had a lot of... That's the most uneducated I've heard him say a thing about a movie where he just said stupid. You just went, that movie's just stupid. <laughs> so you really... <laughs> that, no, 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 no. So that really so means... Right, yeah. right, no, right. when you, you said... Because you hated Midsommar, but you at least had, like... Background You facts. had something about that movie why. that why you didn't like it, you liked this, okay. but this movie you just literally went out and said it's stupid. Well, I, so I, that I, means I, you... I understand so what you it was about. utterly There's metaphors for God and the creation of Oh, I get that, but you just... And there's metaphors for the struggle of an artist, but am I supposed to lick Darren Aronofsky's asshole for fucking two hours to, to watch that fucking piece of shit? Maybe. I mean, there were good actors in it. I thought it sucked. I just thought it was stupid. I watched the whole thing, and I just no, like that they savagely stupid. killed a baby. I thought that was cool. Oh, and same same as Midsommar. It was incredibly fucking violent. Uh, hard to watch violent scenes. Yeah, they they kill and eat a baby. They beat the shit out of Jennifer Lawrence and yeah. burn her. Oh, I know. Because I like she's supposed to be a mother figure nature. of Mother of Earth or Mother yeah. Nature. Like it's it's just it's yeah. Like that's just pretentious bullshit you know what if darren aronofsky's listening to this podcast which i know that he's not whatever man you're a good it's film be- director. that movie's better than midsommar like, though yeah i didn't like your movie I, I, they're about the same in my book they're about the same in my book all right so we've talked about what disappointed us now we're going to finally talk about uh what we liked and andrew i know i kind of uh i gave you blue balls here so why don't you talk a little bit about what your top three of the decade were it's not the first time i've had blue balls <laughs> oh okay that's a it won't be the last time. Uh, so this was very difficult. So, and to be clear, if you don't want to put them in an order, to be clear, you there's there's to no order. Um, I thought Kill List was a phenomenal movie. A lot of people probably haven't seen that movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. I'm not going to even talk about that movie because most people probably haven't seen that movie. Mike, have you seen Kill List? What I was going to say, what movie you Cat, have you seen Kill List? No. So no, if neither no. of you have seen Kill List, then I'm going to assume that. 80% of people haven't watched that movie. It's a phenomenal movie. Just watch it. Just just watch it. There's no. You can it's on my it. list it's to on, watch. It's, it's available. Just watch it. Where it is came it out. It's a movie that you Is yelled at me about. I don't I know if that. you can stream It was on Netflix for a little while, I think. And then Amazon, I'm not entirely sure, but 
It's from like 2011. All right. Phenomenal movie. Very good. Um, after that would be kind of more of my cheesy type of horror movie, which I don't think is that cheesy, is Southbound. It's like a three-part. It's, it's love it. Three, I think it's three different directors, and it's all follows one plot line. It's a horror movie. It's an, an, it's, it's an, it's an it's anthology. An anthology. Yeah, it's an anthology series, and it's Produced one of by my our friends at Bloody Disgusting. It's one of my favorite anthologies out there. Um, up there with Creepshow. I haven't watched enough VHS, and everyone tells me to watch VHS, but I watched like part of it, and I got kind of bored. More. On I that should scene. probably try that. Again, but Southbound's very good. I just like everything about it. It's just very dark and kind of cheesy, but not too cheesy. Enough, enough cheese just to get you to bite. It ain't bite easy cheese. being cheesy. Exactly. It and then um, <laughs> uh, Sinister. I That movie was fantastic. It The snuff films, when they're viewing them, and the overtones of the creepy fucking music in the background, just gives you a very unsettling feel to me there's very few movies that gave me the jump scares and just the unnerving feel and all this without seeming like it was trying to do that so i i might argue that those snuff film scenes in in sinister might be the scariest things they could be all decade they're kind of horrifying and and, and the sound is incredibly oh, yeah, scary just, Ugh, I remember when we watched that the first time. See, I kind of forget when I watched it. I know I watched it's it, fucked. but I kind of totally forget fucked. it. I mean, maybe I should watch it again. It's an awesome movie. And maybe the, we do an episode So Sinister 2 is streaming on Netflix now. I checked to see if Sinister 1 uh, was streaming. It's not. Um, because I, I own Sinister 1, so if anyone wants to come over Ooh, and let's go over have, and have a movie DVDs. night, uh, just bring some Doritos, yeah. some Sour Patch Kids, and we can hang out. Hear that, listeners? You can, come, that. you can come watch a movie with one-third of America's hometown yeah, horror. Maybe two or three-thirds. And I promise I won't create a snuff film oh. of whoever comes over. Oh, wow. So, excellent. Wow. Just that's a promise. Uh, All right. So don't Sinister, that, Southbound, <laughs> and what was the last one? Kill List. Kill List. <laughs> Kill List. Check them out if you haven't seen them yet. Which you two aren't on. I know. I, I, that's I, I, I feel I'm good about so that. I'm so excited about that. I feel good that. about that. Catherine, what about your top three? And um, any honorable mentions? <clears throat> oh, I didn't get to my honorable mention. Oh, I thought you did. Oh. Nope. Uh, yeah. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Great horror awesome comedy movie. movie. Yeah. Phenomenal. If you don't like that movie... I don't Fuck like you. you. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know that movie. I'll so watch I can't it. Not. Okay. All right. Great. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Okay. That's it. I'm not, no hate. All right, Miss Walsh, your turn. Um, my top three of the decade are um the Babadook mm-hmm. because it has every childhood nightmare in it that I would have ever imagined as a kid. Mm-hmm. That movie is a constant nightmare. Oh the my Babadook god. The Babadook is scary. Uh, the interactions with her and her kid are scary and horrifying and enough to make you not want to have kids. Uh, the scene where she loses her husband is scary. It's a very fucking well, I mean, movie. All of it's scary, but I mean, all that's scary. In the same sense, the one thing that I think is the most scary mm-hmm. is something living in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, we've well established that that you are that not a fan there's of. There's something that lives in my closet, and it's a Babadook. So Catherine I mean, is concerned. If you haven't I... listened to episode <laughs> one or two of our podcast yet, 
Cat uh, is concerned that in the attic of our house, there. So there's a uh, there's a very small, uh, a very small a crawl space window like, crawl space yeah. where you can get up into our attic. It's uh, maybe about three feet wide, and she's concerned that there is a uh, grudge type ghost living up there, uh, which there may va- there may or may not very well be. We got another shout out to our buddy Otis, the uh, official hound dog of America's hometown horror podcast. All right, so we have the Babadook in uh, one of Cat's top three, and what do you have for your other two? Um, it follows, which is what we're going to cover today. So I won't mm-hmm. say too much for a spoiler mm-hmm. um, about why I like it, except I there's there's a lot of reason a lot of reasons why I like it. So I'll cover it as we. Talk more about it. Certainly and, sounds like uh, it. <laughs> my third favorite, uh, not really in ranking though. I mean, it's just another favorite. Top three, mm-hmm. just one of your top three. One of my top three is Insidious. Uh, I remember Love watching that movie. that movie in Quincy with Mike when we were a lot younger, and <laughs> I just remember watching that one scene with. The wicked scary monster that like the lipstick with the faced red, demon, the they orange call him. red. What is his? What's his name? They call him the lipstick faced demon. In the oh movie, my god! But he looks He's like Darth Maul. Terrifying! And like Horrifying. all of a sudden, at the very end of the movie, he comes around and he like wraps his arms around, arms around whatever, and like his face pops up, and all of a sudden, you're just like, oh my god! Like it was the best boo I think I've had in a very long time. <laughs> it's, just a, it's an incredibly scary movie. Another movie it where was... they use they use sound very effectively. It's it's a very scary movie, and I know there's been a lot of sequels that don't quite live up to the original, but it's extremely scary. Oh, I haven't seen terrifying. Insidious. I mean, that scene yeah. just by itself like wins me like of all time horror movies. I don't think I've been that scared in a very long time. Anything James Wan directs, which, you know, he directed Insidious. He also worked on the Saw movies, the first couple of ones that were really good. He does all the Conjuring movies. He directed Aquaman. He's fantastic. So check out Insidious if you haven't Aquaman seen it. Aquaman was horrifying. Uh, didn't horrifying? See it. No, I haven't seen it. No. I heard there's one scene in it that he definitely goes a little bit horror. Oh, I, didn't. Like, I was just being. Uh, wait, castle. I was like, you mean I, that, call, that you was meant, like one of these things is not bad. like the other? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, Aquaman ma- made a billion dollars like, for the bees. Is that called Drago's Aquaman? Yes, yes, it is called oh, Drago. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. No. Yes. All right, so your honorable mention, did you have one or two? Or? I do have one honorable mention, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's it. Mm-hmm. Um, solely because I love the Stephen King's It so much, and I have it on DVD upstairs, and I have watched it since I was Do you a mean kid. like a TV? No, no, no. I mean like the remake, the oh. first part remake of It. Mm-hmm. Um is my honorable mention because oh, yeah. I was just so excited that it came back out with a different spin on it, even though I wasn't like super excited. Like, I don't know if I necessarily like it more than the original or not, but I was just so excited that they came out with a remake for it. I thought it was yeah. awesome, and the way that they kind of did it was, you know, maybe a little over the top than what I would have thought they would have, but. Um, I really liked that they acknowledged it. It's a great movie, so I. Think that it part one, not mm-hmm. part two. I part two I didn't like, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other conversation. And um, so part one would be my honorable mention. Okay, so for me, 
Um, I have a couple of movies in here that have already been talked about. Uh, my number three was Insidious. I just feel like this was the type of movie that launched the career of James Wan. He did the Saw movies, but he really became famous after he did this. This movie's scary as fuck. And the scene where it, Patrick Wilson is sitting at the dinner table with his mom, and they're talking to each other, and it keeps just zooming in on both their faces, and eventually it cuts to Patrick Wilson, and the demon is directly behind him. That might have been the biggest jump scare I have ever seen this decade. I remember... Like you said, we watched this together, and we were leaning against uh, my wall, which had a couple of windows on it, sitting on my bed watching it, and I, I, I like had to close my windows. I was so scared. Oh, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. So Insidious is awesome. Check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, my number two... You should always keep your windows open. Uh, it uh, might the windows been were open. They, they, they were open. But, uh, so yeah, my number two was It which was also talked about in Cat's Honorable Mentions. Um, I included this in my top three just because I feel like this, Pennywise is going to be the new Freddy Krueger for a generation of fans that grew up in the 2010s. It's a fair um, statement. I, I, I just think, you know, I'm not sure if... Uh, actually, I am sure. So Stephen King wrote the novel It before Nightmare on Elm Street came out, and Freddy Krueger is a similar type of villain that can shapeshift and kind of turn into whatever scares a particular character in the book at any time. Uh, and I just thought the movie did such a great job of capturing that. Like, everybody sees something different. And they didn't even get into all of the different forms that they see it in, in the book, because you, you just can't. I, like, having read the book, there's so much shit in there, you could never possibly adapt the entire thing I know the miniseries tried to do it. It's very good. I promise you it's not as good upon a, a second viewing at in 2020 as it was back in the day. There's uh, there's some stuff that doesn't hold up as well. Tim Curry is still great in it. Uh, yeah. But I think that, you know, when a couple years pass, a couple years pass, excuse me, people will look a little bit more favorably on It Chapter 1 versus the It miniseries. So that's my number two. And my number one, I mean, I mean, I guess if I were to talk about what what I'm all about as a horror fan, this movie kind of sums that up. Everything about it, I love. There's some comedy, a good amount of comedy. There's some good actors. It's a crowd pleaser. There's a ton of horror. There's a ton of monsters. It's Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. From 2011. This How movie could one is just forget about that movie. Awesome! I can't believe it wasn't in either of your uh, top that three. I like it better than any of the movies that you guys mentioned. I love well, I, that's I, I, in the Woods, I love but that's so phenomenal. Too, I mean, Great. That movie reingenerated. No. Reinvigorated. Reinvigorated. That's a new word I just created. Interesting. I feel like nice George Bush. Uh, if you reinvigorate something, that was an awful impression, nice. but reinvigorated the horror genre. In this genre. decade, genre, genre. But continue, Mike. You were yeah, no. So I, I, I just, I can't get enough of this movie. I, I, I bought the DVD. I don't buy DVDs usually, and I did for this. It's just so awesome. It's so clever. There's so many monsters in it. I just love everything about it. I love the uh, archetypal characters, and they're archetypal? all archetypal. What is that? What does that mean? So it just means that all the actors that are in there are playing certain different archetypes. I don't know if that's a word. Archetypes? And I probably what fucked the hell it up. are you talking about? 
It's like a archetype. It's like an architecture, so you have a certain structure for each character as to who they are. I believe that's what he's saying. Pretty sure. So in most slasher movies, right, you have different characters, and the characters usually are the nerdy good girl, the slut, the jock, the nerdy good guy, and you have the last girl. And this movie had all of those characters, but they kind of turned them all on their head. You forgot the virgin. The virgin. The virgin, yes, right. of That's course, the last of course. girl. Yes, of course. That's the last girl. That's what he meant by that. Cabin in the Woods nails all those characters along with a secondary Wait, element it? of, you know, these, you know, elements that are outside of their control. I thought the Being controlled by a secondary force. At the end. Doesn't she die? Uh, well, she does. Yes, yeah. spoiler alert. She dies with Sorry. the stoner, like, shaggy I mean, character. it's not like spoiler alert, because, I mean, I, Kevin and the Moose has been around long enough. Yeah, it's been around for almost ten years at this point. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what to tell <laughs> I'm you. Sorry, Sorry. I should have given but... you a spoiler, but it's okay. So, yeah, Cabin in the Woods is, is phenomenal. You get a lot of monsters. You get a lot of good characters. You get a lot of good actors in it. It's very smart. It's very clever. Uh, and it's my favorite horror movie of the decade. A couple of honorable mentions that I had. <clears throat> uh, great movies that I loved, that I had a tough time in, uh, excluding from my top three. Ghost Stories. Streaming on Amazon Prime. Cat, we watched this. It's awesome. It's an anthology horror. Uh, British movie with Martin Freeman from, uh, from Sherlock. Awesome. Uh, in addition to that, another anthology that you guys should check out, it's streaming on Shudder, is called VHS. The first one is the best. The second one is great. I wouldn't even call the second one great. The second one is very good. There's one scene in VHS 2 that's fantastic, which is called Safe Haven. Andrew, I know I've showed this to you, which is the one where they infiltrate the compound with the Satan worshippers oh, in yes. Indonesia. It's really good. Unfucking believable. A uh, couple other ones, real quick. Baba Duke, we already talked about. I loved yep. that movie. And my last one, which none of us talked about, and this was on a lot of people's top ten lists hmm. for the decade, was "Don't Breathe." I have two words. You guys saw this, right? Two what words. Get Turkey baster. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you, breathe. Oh my get god. Out. What? Turkey baster. Turkey baster. You know, you know oh. what he's talking about. You just have conveniently forgotten, <laughs> as you should. That's Ew. it's the so, most so disgusting gross. thing I've ever so seen. Gross. In a movie. So gross. So gross. I feel like I can <clears throat> picture that scene, but I feel like I don't remember the rest of that movie. So I feel like, which is probably scarring. You know, we're we're, we're three white people, and none of us had Get Out on our uh, best of list, and that's just because none of us fucking liked it that much. I, I, I thought Get Out was good. It was I very, it was, it was very, good. very good. But there, but the two thousand and tens. Was riddled with amazing horror movies, so Get Out yeah. is top ten, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I thought Us was better. I Jordan, yeah, better. Jordan, oh, Jordan, Us was awesome. Jordan oh, Peele, Us was great. Jordan Peele, who directed Us and Get Out, is an exciting new voice in horror, and I think that he's going to, you know, produce a lot of very scary movies uh, in the years to come. But for me. Neither of those movies made it into my top three of the decade, which there's a lot of movies to consider. A tough uh, list to crack. Yeah, it's very, tough. very tough so list tough. to crack. Very tough, tough list to crack, excuse me. Tough list to crack. All right, so we are now on to our topic of the day, which is It Follows, which is a 2014 horror movie directed by David, uh, David Robert Mitchell. 
Uh, it Follows is widely considered to be one of the greatest horror movies, not only of the decade, but of 2014. Uh, the premise of the movie is that if you have sex, there is a creature that follows you uh, until you pass the creature on to somebody else. Uh, if you don't pass it on to somebody else, you die, which is an interesting concept. I don't really feel like it's been tackled in a horror movie before. Not and when this extent. movie came out, it was innovative for an, uh, a couple of reasons. One, I felt like this was the type of movie that had a throwback vision of John Carpenter and George Romero movies. It had the same type of soundtrack, uh, the soundtrack which is which was done by Disasterpiece. It's synthesizers all the way. Do you it realize that this str- was the first movie he's ever done? Yes. And he'd only done video games before that? Yes. And it was perfect. You mean disaster piece? Yes. Exactly. So he, I, I guess the director of the movie, had at one point uh, played one of the video games that Disaster Piece did the music for. Uh, he played it so much that he decided that he wanted to have him do the movie. Great and, choice. Yeah, it, it was a good choice. Amazing and I feel like this soundtrack. was... Like, uh, so obviously Stranger Things I love. It's uh, not exactly horror. It's kind of a lot of nostalgia wrapped in the blanket of horror, but I feel like this movie kind of nailed that 80s Carpenter synthesizer soundtrack before Stranger Things kind of brought it back into uh, existence. Uh, so I, I think that that's probably the thing that stands out to this movie. Uh, well, it doesn't movie. necessarily, it's not all 80s. It's like, I so, mean, I know that um, I read uh, a little bit beforehand on your outline. You read? Mm-hmm. I do. Sometimes I read. Um, but overrated. you were saying that it was kind of like a it was across decades because it said that there were different mentions of different things from different decades. So it's almost supposed to be like a dream in this movie. Well, right? I feel like you you can you can definitely see when you watch it. It is inspired a lot by John Carpenter movies, mm-hmm. most specifically the thing. Halloween, or the thing. and also Night of the Living Dead by George Romero. Romero directed a bunch of other movies, but it's most clearly influenced by those. Barbara, two. they are coming Barbara. to get you. Yes, exactly. That opening scene from Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> I feel like that is this movie that just anxious, overwhelming. Not sure why you're scared, but it's just you're terrified well, for I'll, some reason. I'll tell you why. And we'll get to more of this, but the scariest part about this movie is the fact that everything is just following you slowly and walking towards you and just following you as long as you go forever. And there's a lot of literary symbolism in that concept. Yeah, it's not your typical monster movie where you can kill Pennywise or you can kill the monster. Yes. It's just there. It's and not it's always it's there. not just Michael Myers the boogeyman that's following you and when you stab him in the eyeball with a uh, you know uh, a coat hanger he falls out your window after getting shot and he dies and he goes away this thing will follow you wherever you go Well and it's not even if you pass it on to thing. someone else like mm-hmm. if that person dies then it goes up another person so like I mean you could be you know 10th on the list let's say like you <laughs> could have been 
a bunch of people later on down the line that have passed it on, but like if all those other people die, mm-hmm. it's coming for you. Yeah, if like, those if those ten, ten people bite the dust, you're fucked. Right, it's coming for you. It's like AIDS. At some point, it's going to get it's you. It's always oh, that's a little. So we'll get to more on that. <laughs> we'll get to more on that because there's a couple different concepts about what this movie is about. But a couple of quick facts about this movie, okay? So uh, the film's concept derives from a recurring nightmare by uh, Robert Mitchell, the director he used to have, where he said he used to have these as a child, where he would have nightmares where he was stalked by a predator that continually walked slowly towards him. And I feel like that's kind of, like we said, very scary. Because when you're not getting, you know, chased in a speedy chase or anything like that, when somebody's just walking towards you, that's that's, that's what's a, the worst kind of that's death? A scary thing. A slow, slow, a slow painful, and painful death. death. Exactly. Uh, another quick fact: this movie, uh, the time frame is intentionally kept ambiguous so that it resembles a dream. Uh, a lot of the cars in this movie are shown from most more recent times, but many of them appear to be from the '60s to late '80s. Early CRT television sets are shown wherever the characters are watching movies. Conflicting technology include Yara, who's uh, the main character's sister, on a device that looks like a shell compact uh, reader, but she reads it like an ebook and uh, uses a light source on point. Also, the girl from the beginning of the film uh, uses a cell phone and drives a modern automobile. This is uh, too much info. We'll cut this out later. It is very interesting, though, because you really have no idea what time frame it is. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's meant It's meant to be ambiguous, right? Which I think is pretty cool. It feels well, like an 80s yeah. movie, but it's not. Right, exactly. Because mm-hmm. there's people on the cell phones and, like, tablets and stuff, but in the same sense, it's, like, cars and, like, dated appliances and, like, weird things. Well, there's that... been cars for, like, hundreds of years. Well, I didn't mean, like, well, you just said cars. I know. It was very vague. I'm sorry. It's a good Disney Maybe. movie. Pixar? Okay. Pixar yeah. movie? It was pretty good. Well, I'll ask you this. One of our three top of the top three of the decade lists. Uh-huh. Catherine, what makes this movie so great to you and why does it stand out? This movie scared me the most because it seems real. <laughs> Was there anything Which in the closet? Why... No one was hiding in closets. No, though. no one no. was hiding in closets. Um, it just seems like, you know, they're in real settings in real life, like in cars, at school, on the corner of the road. I mean, like, it's all these different scenarios that seem like they can be such real life. And, like, the beginning when you find out how this whole thing works, how it's passed on, and... That person is that it's it's almost in the same <laughs> it's almost in the same sense of my favorite movie, which is The Ring, um, where it's passed on to someone else unless you make a copy. Like it's exact kind of same sense mm-hmm. where you're making a copy of something or you're duplicating something or you're passing something on, like to make this next step thing to die, whatever. I mean, one or the other. But it's interesting that uh, it could be something that could be real. I mean, that's what really scares me about it. That's why I liked it so much because I felt like it could be a real thing. Andrew, is this movie scary? It's borderline terrifying. It never has a sense that it's real, but I do understand what Kat's saying. It's almost like, uh, so, one of my favorite horror movies, and it's a zombie movie, which this technically isn't, but it's 
got a lot of invokes that feeling. it invokes that feeling is 28 days later it's a very real feel to it it's grainy as fuck not that this movie is grainy but it's just very the way they shoot this movie is perfect it gives you that sense that you are in that scene and i think one thing that they do in this movie that makes it stand out which they've done in other horror movies too is all the wide angle shots because once you get into this movie and you realize something is following them constantly, um, your eyes are constantly drawn to the for uh, not not the front of background the, the, the background, background not the foreground the background. You're always <laughs> looking for it whoever is it. following, to be following them, right. them and you're just exactly. waiting to see them. And then eventually you do see them, and you're like, "There's the fucking thing." Go. And I'm a very anxious person, and this movie makes me so anxious oh, every yeah. time I watch it. That's why it's so terrifying to me because it's anxi- it's riddled with anxiety. Wicked. It is just overwhelmingly this feeling of anxiousness and this dread and this very slow, methodical feeling that eventually like comes to get you. death itself, it's going to get you no matter what you do. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like <clears throat> for me, I know that in the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where uh, the main character, Jay, her boyfriend, she uh, he sees a woman in a, in a, dre- a yellow dress, I think it was, and uh, he makes them leave the movie theater, but it's, it's just the constant paranoia of, is this a real person or is it not a real person? Yeah. That's the scariest part. Someone's there. <clears throat> Are they? The other thing that makes me freak out about this movie is, is that Josh Jackson? <laughs> or, or isn't it? Because it looks like the same fucking guy. It really I'm does. I'm so confused. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that's Josh Jackson reincarnated, but he's still alive, so it can't really be him. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's him. Well, it can't be him reincarnated, but it could be him, and it's not him. Which I actually, the only, I know we usually, we've talked about in the past about casting what-ifs, and if another actor or actress would be a better fit for a particular role. Uh, I actually did have Joshua Jackson as the only particular casting uh, what-if for this movie. But it's not Josh it, it, it looks just fucking like him, but it's, it's not, not him. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. not. It's the same not, fucking guy. No, exactly. Same dude. Satan is Santa. It's he looks like a badass Josh, Josh Jackson. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. So, Andrew, what's your favorite scene of this movie? Oh. That's so difficult. Do you have one? Is the it, ending is it the, the end, scariest the, scene? Okay, so the end scene is phenomenal oh, because see, you see I them walking with that wholeheartedly. You don't like the end where they're walking down the sidewalk and I that hate, is following them. Hate the end. Um, okay, so we won't do that scene. I don't you can talk about it. I don't no, think listen, I need any more. We don't, need, we don't need to have the same. We don't need to have the same. Um, no, 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 no. That's fine. No, that's fine. I, I thought that scene was good. I like the beach scene. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're um, lying on the beach, and then all of a sudden she's getting her hair pulled out of the back of her head. Um, I like the scene where she's sitting in her classroom and she's looking out the window, and she sees that, that fucking is, thing that is just slowly. Like one of the scariest things. There's something it just builds and it builds and it builds, and that's main parts of the music to it. It's also it just builds this sort of fear and anxiousness in you that even if it's not really that scary. Because it's really not. 
Yeah. It's fucking terrifying, though, in reality. It's right. the most terrifying that's, thing that's I've ever... That's what I'm saying. That's what scares me. Those real things. Like, that's why this well, movie scares me. Well, that's not a real me. thing. It's like the weather. The weather scares the shit out of me. I mean, when we went down to Dallas, and I watched the weather in the morning, it was like, sunny with, um, you know... 70 degrees out and uh, zero chance of tornadoes. I was like, what the, why the hell did you have to say zero chance of tornadoes? Uh, like, okay. is that really necessary? Now, like, that's for Now ridiculous. I get what you're saying. So weather is like, real and it's so a is very real this thing. She's afraid of non-New England you. weather. She's just afraid <laughs> and She's afraid tornadoes. of childs in closets that aren't real <laughs> and things walking slowly towards you, which is very interesting. I don't know if you noticed it. Um, it the movie's been out for five years now. And I was reading an article, and I forget what um, – there's so many stupid websites now. And it was a uh, It Follows Challenge. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny. It was an interesting concept. And um, it's not exactly spooky, but the concept of the challenge is you record it, and you stand in one spot, and you have one of your friends as far away as you can see in the same plane of view. Yeah. Slowly walk towards you as if it's it follows and can you do that without breaking out in laughter with that person just slowly walking at you oh, with no no way no expression on their face right. and just like in the movie can yeah. you do that and it was an interesting I was like that's an interesting article and it came out five years after the fact well there therein lies why it's a scary movie right because people are can still turn, talking it about can it turn five years later. random people that are just walking towards you that you don't know if they're real or not into a right. scary thing. That's a scary it makes you thing. paranoid about yeah. when you're in a crowd of people, is that person real? Is this person real? Is that person real? What about that fucking guy over there in a Patriots it jersey? A is he real? No what idea. about that shithead yeah. over there? Is he real? What about this person? Are they real? The paranoia of being in a crowd, this movie Always, pulls yeah. on that. Terrifying. But that person's never in the crowd. Exactly. Well, they're always the outlier. So they're so always aside from in, the crowd. In the beginning, where when uh, the boyfriend uh, Hugh is the name mm. at, at the time, it's in the movie theater. They're in the movie theater and they play the trade game, right? And uh, they're trying to. He says, like, who would you want to trade lives with if you could? And they're talking about it. They don't. That little know, kid they, they, right yeah, there. They, it's nothing. Nothing. You know, phenomenal. But he sees a person that freaks him out, and they leave. And then it shows the next date that they have where they go and they have sex in the car. Is that and, the one where they have sex or the one where he rapes her? Uh, well, more on that later. Um, <laughs> Pretty sure I he, don't know if it's necessarily rape. Um, did he put a chloroform? He did. He did. I don't know if it necessarily means... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I don't know, Mike. Me too. So we talked about... Uh, we talked about the music. We talked about favorite scene of the movie. Actually, no, we didn't really talk. We didn't finish talking about favorite okay. scene. I started it. Cat, what's your next. favorite scene in It Follows? Um, I'd say my most memorable scene is when, like, I mean, there's, I guess, a couple of them. I mean, it's between when, like, the girl first gets, like, tied up to the wheelchair and, like, he's explaining to her what's going on versus, like, when she's actually... I think in in the classroom, when she's seeing that person that is going across the quad and she knows that that person is coming for her no matter what, mm-hmm. that's almost a weird, scary scene because you're thinking that you're in a safe 
quote unquote safe place being mm-hmm. at school, but at the same time you're like, I'm not safe from this thing. And that's probably like the scariest scene for me is thinking that like, oh my god, what if you were at school and like that happened? That's terrifying. To me, that's the most reminiscent scene of Halloween and Carpenter's influence on this movie because in Halloween it shows Jamie Lee Curtis she's sitting in class and she looks out the window and she sees Michael Myers standing by the car that he drove watching her and then she looks away and looks back and then he's he's gone gone. and that aspect of that just always being there watching you even when you feel like you're in a safe space and unfortunately that can relate to probably kids these days in high school because of, you know, various other reasons. It's a scary thing, right? Oh, it's absolutely You know what's terrifying. more horrifying than absolutely you looking, terrifying. though, and that person being there one second and then they're gone the next second? Mm-hmm. Is that person uh, still slowly walking towards you right. and never stopping. And never stopping for That, to me, reason. is horror. I would, I would rather, I would ra- like, for me, the scarier thing to me is somebody walking slowly towards me Versus running or sprinting any day of the week. That, that that was the scariest part of this movie to me is that everyone's just in no rush to get to fuck you up. Because they're eventually going to get there. They're not worried about getting to Well, you. And, and you know, kind of like the uh, the Ring, the first Ring movie, oh, like the, the American remake of The Ring, okay? So at the beginning of that movie, they show what happens to that girl that, you Samara. know, when, yeah. when she doesn't, you know, do whatever she needs to do. She didn't have to do anything. She At the beginning of this movie, the, the beginning of this movie is a girl <laughs> that runs out in the middle of the street. She's running from something that she's obviously very afraid of. She drives to the beach. She goes to the beach. She leaves her car there. She's on the beach, laying down in terror, and then it shows her broken into about fifteen pieces. Oh, yeah. Just like at the beginning of the ring, you know, when it shows the girl that's like, uh, what has a yeah. face that's like super long and like fucked up well, and scary. Like, yeah. it yeah. just, it, it sets the tone that, hey, this is what's going to happen to you if you do not get away from the it that follows you. Right. What, I for, what scene I forgot about, though, mm-hmm. uh, was when they're in the house and they're getting terrorized. And it's not the guy walking through the hallway. It's not the tall man. It's when they finally... Finally gets out of the house, and she looks back, and, and on the roof mm-hmm. of the house is that motherfucker just standing on the top of the roof. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no place that he can't go, no, no place yeah. that it can't go. It will find you, it will get you, and it will fucking... Well, well there's, a, there's a lot of debate about what the it is. Right. And for me, the scariest scene of this movie is when they are in uh, Jay, the main character's bedroom, <laughs> and they're sitting there. And something comes through the window, and all our friends say, there's nothing here, there's nothing here, there's nothing here. And all of a sudden, they close the door, and they open it, and there's a tall man with no eyes that comes walking slowly up, and they slam the door. It's a slow but speedy walk. Which I looked looked this up. The man that played that part is seven feet, seven inches tall. See in the NBA? If that man walked towards me... I would have shat in my pants. <laughs> there would have been a poo-poo in wow. my pants. I would have kicked him wow. in the knees and he would have been down for a long time. Stop it. No, no Tall people, they had no bone oh, structure. You just tough guy. All right. Well, tough guy. Well, tough guy. If that was what required me to live. You know what I think is funny is that... Well, no it's one not like he's going to kill you. He's just um, a tall man. So, 
I think what this movie wanted to have be the scariest scene in the movie mm-hmm. was the pool scene. Yeah. And that wasn't. That was... That scene sucked. That scene didn't do anything for me. That was that, That's why this movie didn't make the top three of the decade for me, or the, even the top really ten. I, I hated the ending of this movie. I yeah. thought it was so stupid. I mean, I guess... So from what I've read, the director of this movie said that, you know, what... the. They're all teenagers in this movie, okay? And what they come up with for an ending, how they determine to kill this creature, is based... He said it's based on teenage logic, which is, you know... The, those are all the characters in the movie. There's no adult characters in the movie. No. Okay? So I thought that was interesting. That's fine. Except for the rapist. Because he's got uh, to be in his yes. 20s. Yes. And we'll get to that. But I thought it was so, still, still stupid. Josh like, Jackson. Jesus Christ. Like, for Christ's sake. Like... I, I don't. I, I just. I just that was it. That 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 scene sucked. Mm-hmm. I do agree, and I get where they were going with it, and the concept was cool. Mm-hmm. But everything that built up to it—that's not what I expected. It was so perfectly drawn out and slow and methodical, and then you do that. Yeah, like, the end. The ending just for me killed it. All right, so that's going to do it for us tonight uh, on America's Hometown Horror. If you haven't seen It Follows yet, thanks for listening and uh, checking us out, even though it's about a movie that you haven't seen. And I would recommend that you go check this movie out because it's one of our personal favorites, as we talked about. Uh, But here's where you can follow us. Uh, If you're listening on whatever platform you're on, thanks already. You can find us now on Spotify, CastBox, Spreaker, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, and the latest one, Google Podcasts. We are soon to be on iTunes because they take fucking forever to review your show before they load you on there. I think we've been pending for like a week and a half now, so we'll be there soon. Uh, Same thing with Stitcher and iHeartRadio. They are all on the way. You can also find us on Twitter at Hometown Horror. You can find us on Instagram at Hometown Horror Pod. And the latest social media network that we've joined is Letterboxd. If you have a Letterboxd account, you can go on there. You can see a list of every movie, every horror movie, I should say, that we have watched in 2019, along with some thoughts about those movies, the ones that we haven't covered on the podcast yet, and maybe some of the ones that we have. Uh, You can also find all of our rankings of our top three movies. Uh, of the decade. You can see those on there as well, so check us out on Letterboxd. And finally, coming to you very soon, uh, brought to you by the very talented Catherine, our co-host, will be our official website. So uh, stay tuned. That will be launching soon. We'll blast it out all over our social media uh, networks. And thanks again for listening.